activist there. Last week, 81-year-old Olivia Aravello Lomas Woodruff may have been a client of hers, and villagers had apparently blamed her murder on him. Global Affairs Canada so far has confirmed that a Canadian was murdered in Peru and that they think his death was linked to the killing of Lomas. Peru's Amazon region is a popular destination for people wanting to participate in indigenous rituals with the hallucinogenic drug ayahuasca. There's also been a lot of conflict there lately between indigenous activists and loggers and miners. Sonia? Thanks very much for that, Paul. All right, the family of a Maple Ridge mother killed in a hit and run is speaking out for the first time tonight. Tassis Vicks' mother and brother attending a bake sale organized by friends in order to help the Vicks family care for her 10-year-old daughter. The 32-year-old mother was struck and killed while crossing the Lougheed Highway 10 days ago. The driver fled the scene. Ridge Meadows RCMP have located the suspect vehicle, a 2017 white Honda Civic similar to the one that... Uh, this one, uh, and uh, are appealing for witnesses who saw the Honda before or after the incident to come forward. Uh, well, she, she's a mother, of course, and uh, her child would bring around friends all the time, and she would, again, treat them like family. She was just a very kind person. The uh, response from the community has been, it's been mind-blowing. Like, uh, every once in a while I'll turn on my phone, check out, I have 40 messages, there's all these notifications for the GoFundMe page, and I, I don't know how to take it all in. It, it seems so surreal, but then it really helps when you feel alone, because you're going, well, she was loved by so many people, like, we're not alone in this. It's, it's affected a lot more than us, so it's, it's a binding experience. I'm very humbled and appreciative of everything everybody's doing for her. Um, it's kind of a shock to all of us. And but I appreciate everybody helping on the GoFundMe page to help our little one. She's our little angel. We'll miss her. In the Okanagan, growing concerns about the impact of landslides and flooding. A community near Oliver is especially affected. Shelby Tom of Global Okanagan now reports on what officials are calling an immediate danger to residents in the area. They fear it's only going to get worse. Bladder dams, heavy equipment, truckloads of sand and sandbagging. Sportsman's Bull Road, north of Oliver, was a flurry of activity this morning. We've been reinforcing some existing walls, trying to uh, continue with our flood control. Flooding in the South Okanagan is expected to worsen in the coming weeks as temperatures rise and higher-than-usual snowpacks begin to melt. Sportsman's Bowl, like many other areas of the regional district, is experiencing the beginnings of freshet on top of going into the fall and winter with high levels of groundwater saturation. So we are doing the utmost with coordination with the ministries to get as much equipment and manpower in there as possible to mitigate the damage and risk to homes and, and people. Sportsman's Bull Road is so washed out and eroded that it's become impassable, meaning residents here have been forced to evacuate. Twelve properties remain under an evacuation order. It was issued Saturday morning and evacuees sought refuge at the Oliver Legion, which was transformed into an emergency social services reception centre. We did have to help uh, some 
of the residents out because of the conditions of the road, the deterioration of the road. Uh, vehicles were not going to be able to get out of there. Water still coming on my vineyard. Narveer Gill lives near the epicenter of the floods. She's worried her young family will also be forced to leave. Really scary. It's mostly is uh, in nighttime. Sometimes we wake up and look on uh, outside. How's the situation? Even you not sleep proper. As the water keeps rising, Gil fears Mother Nature will show no mercy as the great thaw begins. Shelby Tom, Global News, near Oliver. An early morning argument in Vancouver escalated into a fight and ended up in murder. A sidewalk in front of a restaurant at Kingsway in Nanaimo was taped off. Blood can still be seen on the glass in the ground. Vancouver police saying a man was assaulted at about 1.30 a.m. 55-year-old Dam Min Hu was rushed to hospital, but he died of his injuries. A 48-year-old man has been arrested. The VPD is saying that the men did know each other and they're not looking for any other suspects. This is the city's seventh homicide of the year. At Vancouver's Chinatown today, the city of Vancouver issuing a long-awaited apology to the Chinese community. As Grace Key reports, it's an attempt to right the wrongs caused by years of discrimination. On this day, on behalf of City Council and the City of Vancouver, I sincerely apologize for these past injustices and their cruel effects on individuals and their families. At Chinatown Cultural Day, Vancouver Mayor Gregor Robertson offered an official apology on behalf of the city for past discriminations against Chinese people. Many of our elected officials, including mayors and councillors, use the legal power of the city to enact and expand laws targeting Chinese residents. The Chinese community of Vancouver suffered the awful consequences of lawful discrimination. Through council motions, bylaws and licensing, the Chinese experienced legalized racism. Between 1886 and 1948, Chinese residents were not allowed to vote in Vancouver municipal elections. They couldn't work for the city. They couldn't enter professional associations. City policies put restrictions on the use of public spaces and owning property in certain residential areas was prohibited. A group of young Chinese Canadians were debating whether they should volunteer for the war effort. They realized they did not have the privilege of citizenship. Thanks to volunteers such as George Ng, a retired lieutenant colonel with the Royal Canadian Air Force, they convinced the government they deserved the same rights as everyone else. They were instrumental in proving that Chinese Canadians are worthy, loyal, and patriotic Canadians. We owe them a tremendous debt. People here gave thanks to the individuals whose courage and perseverance in the face of injustice and adversity paved the way for a future filled with opportunities. I feel that my life choices are unlimited. Unlike Chinese Canadians of the past, I can be judged by who I am and what I can do and not by my race. For this, I will always be grateful. We offer a full apology. We are sorry for the discriminatory legislation. The federal government made an apology on the Chinese head tax in 2006, the province for past discriminations in 2015, and now people here receiving an apology they've waited decades to hear. Grace Key, Global News. Comox Valley RCMP are on the hunt for the suspect in a sex assault at Sandwick Park on Wednesday, April the 11th. Police saying a 34-year-old woman was grabbed from behind by a stranger and then forced into the woods where she was attacked. The suspect is described as a husky man in his late 30s or early 40s. 
Approximately five feet six inches tall, he has scruffy red facial hair and light skin with freckles on his arms. He was wearing a black jacket, possibly dark jeans. Police would also like to hear from any witnesses who might have been in the area at the time. A fabricating shop in Burnaby caught fire early this morning. Firefighters had to force their way in to get it under control. Crews had to use an electrical saw and then an axe to open a heavily armoured door of the building on Still Creek Avenue. Firefighters quickly got a hold on the two-alarm fire. It's believed it was caused by a piece of equipment inside. Significant damage to the contents of the building, but no damage to the structure itself. A huge show of support on Vancouver Island today for an annual event honouring a fallen RCMP officer. Please, no burnouts, no revving, no screeching your tyres. More than 140 cars rallying in Langford this morning for the third annual Sarah Beckett Memorial Cruise. The drivers rolling out a fountain tyre for an all-day ride to Duncan, Port Renfrew, Souk and then back. The cruise in memory of West Shore RCMP Constable Sarah Beckett, who was killed by an impaired driver while on duty in Langford two years ago. More than $1,000 have been raised. That's all going to charity. It's a cause that everyone can get behind, everybody can support and hopefully draw attention at least as much as we can to the fact that, you know, the RCMP, all of our private security, all of our private police departments, you know, we support them. We respect what they're trying to do and it's a very tough, you know, it's a tough career choice. It gets bigger and bigger every year and the support is just overwhelming. Now, we've heard a lot about the opioid crisis in this province. Now the parents of an Oak Bay teenager who died from an accidental overdose say their son's death could have been prevented. Kristen Robinson reports. He was a very bright boy and he had dreams of wanting to be a physician. I think if he really wanted to do it, he would have absolutely done it. 16-year-old Elliot Yurchuk had so much potential. Instead, his life cut short just shy of his 17th birthday. uh, We're still in emotional shock and the loss is staggering. The Um. teen's passion for sports, including soccer, ended up sidelining him with injuries at a young age. And then the series of injuries, uh, a dislocated shoulder, a couple concussions and a broken jaw led to a series of four surgeries and um, that that is is when our difficulty started. The Elliot they knew started to slip away when his parents say he was prescribed opioids against their wishes during four surgeries in 2017. They believe those painkillers led to street drugs and ultimately Elliot's death from an unintentional overdose Friday. And I think there's a very good chance that Elliot would be alive today if from the get-go we were completely informed um, about uh, his circumstances. His circumstances. In an emotional Facebook post, Rachel Staples details how she felt trapped by a medical system that shuts parents out of the decisions surrounding her son's treatment. Under the Infants Act in BC, children under 19 may consent to medical treatment on their own under certain conditions, including that the child understands the risks. And she says that needs to change. There's not, not a chance in the world that a 16-year-old can understand the ramifications of 
A, taking opioids and being in charge of his own medical care when, when he's, first of all, using... Those are the two big mistakes my son made, and, and he's, he, he's paid for it with his life. Now to a bizarre sight for drivers that were travelling down the Coquihalla Highway this afternoon. A small airplane ended up landing on the divided highway. A motorist heading to Kamloops says she saw the Mustang 2 flying low above the highway about 10 kilometres south of Merritt before landing safely on the divider. The pilot wasn't hurt and it's not known what caused this emergency landing. Now, as the political squabbling rages on over the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, lots of pipe for the project has now arrived in Kamloops. Residents have noticed dozens of carloads of stacked pipe moving through the city by rail. Kinder Morgan says the pipe is being temporarily stored at a site in the city. The company says the material could have been ordered and shipped before the announcement two weeks ago that all non-essential spending on the project was being suspended. The pipe could also be headed to essential work sites that are still operating. Tomorrow, the city of Vancouver will reveal how much revenue its empty homes tax has collected to date. In the first year of the tax, close to 99% of all Vancouver homeowners did send in their declarations. More than 8,400 homes were declared or deemed to be unoccupied, underutilized or exempt for more than 180 days in 2017. April 16th, was, uh, April 16th even was the deadline to pay the empty homes tax. The 1% tax was approved in the fall of 2016, net proceeds going towards affordable housing. Well, the Queen kicked off this year's London Marathon from Windsor Castle. She pushed the button that set off 40,000 runners. It was one of the warmest London marathons on record with a high of about 23 degrees Celsius. We also had perfect weather today in downtown Vancouver for the 34th annual Vancouver Sun Run. Great turnout here too. More than 41,600 runners from 28 countries registered to take part in this race. It's the largest 10-kilometer road race in the country. A runner from California came in uh, first in the men's division. The women's title taken by a runner from Kenya and a competitor from North Vancouver dominating in the wheelchair division. I'm home. I get to be part of a local crowd. Um, it's got like a really solid mix of like hills, downhills and flats. So it tests all your skill levels and uh, or um, skill sets. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, uh, like just to be home and have that local support. Well, she's no elite runner, but for one participant, this year's Sun Run is extra special. She managed to cheat death and is celebrating by signing up for the road race. Tanya Beja has her story. Hitting the pavement with 41,000 runners is a proud moment for Susan Stewart. It means the world to me. Um, it's what I did my whole life. I mean, I've had a healthy, active lifestyle, and so being able to continue with that, despite the cancer diagnosis, is really special. Eddie leave. In 2016, doctors told Stewart she had stage 4 pancreatic cancer, a deadly diagnosis fewer than 10% of patients survive. 
But after 17 rounds of chemotherapy and experimental immunotherapy, Stewart is beating the odds. She's a pioneer among patients. I feel really healthy. Um, the tumor's been shrinking. Um, my energy's great. She's courageous. She's, she takes it on. She, she just gives us everybody hope. Stewart is celebrating by doing the sun run with her lifelong friends and running partners. And while some in the crowd may be counting their minutes, Stewart is taking in every second. I'm just going to be enjoying the scenery and just thinking how lucky I am to be here. Doctors are now studying Stewart's success, her plan to keep moving forward. I'm looking into another run and I said, hey, how about a half marathon? Oh my God. <laughs> it's the goals that keep me going. Tanya Beja, Global News. It's fantastic, Inspirational. right? Inspirational. Good to Sun see. Sun was out. Yvonne got it right. Yes. You're probably wondering where she is, so uh, let's tell you. She is at the Vancouver Greek Food Festival, which is going on right now. How's it all uh, going down there, Yvonne? Excellent. We're cooking up some souvlaki this evening. I'm joined by John, Chris, and George. Georgie! Yay! What do we have going on, and how's the crowd been today so far? The crowd's been fantastic this entire weekend. We've had the best turnout we've ever had. Right. It's the since 40th, the 80s. Since the 80s. It's the 40th year. Uh, what do you say about the crowds today and the food that's being served? Well, it's very busy this year over the past few years. Uh, it's overcrowded this year, actually. It's a lot bigger than every other year. Oh, good. Well, it's the 40th year. If you wanted to come down, people can still have the opportunity to come till 10 p.m. this evening. 10 p.m. this evening and tomorrow between 12, two. 12 and 2. All right. So we're going to be cooking up some souvlaki. I think you're serving us dinner, me and my camera guy, John. So, so we're going to taste that as well. And I'm going to have your full forecast. Because we might even have some Greek beer. Okay, that's fine too. I'm up for that as well. All right. Uh, we also have temperatures that are on the rise. Very hot leading in towards next week. I'll show you some of the warmest days, especially for the interior, coming up very shortly. Guys? All right. We'll head back to you a bit later on then. Thank you very much. Nicely done, I mm -hmm. thought, Yvonne. Yeah, I thought I think she was really waving her tongs a lot there. Yes. you got to watch. When you wave those okay. and then you say, I think Thank she made you dinner much. first. Right. You can't say no, really. Okay. Uh, what's happening in sport then today? Well, you know, you know must-see TV for Canadian yeah. people, of course, is uh, NHL playoffs and uh, two more games going on today. So we'll have highlights of that coming up. And uh, for Canuck fans who obviously have no local team to cheer for, um, Elias Pettersson out in uh, Sweden in the Swedish Elite League did it again. T two more spectacular goals, led his team to the Swedish Championship. So we'll show you that. So that's, that's to, for Canuck fans to say, you know what? The future looks bright. Hang on. Hold on. We'll be there in those playoffs soon. Now, the mother of a three-year-old boy swept away in an Ontario river says his body has now been found. In a Facebook post, Michelle Hansen thanked everybody that helped in the efforts to bring Kate and Young home. During a flood back in February, the family's minivan was swept off a road and into a river. As Hansen got her son out of the vehicle, a strong current then pulled him from her arms. Yesterday, a fisherman called police after spotting a body close to where Caden disappeared. Police in Tennessee are searching for a man they believe is responsible for a mass shooting at a restaurant. Authorities say the gunman killed four people and could have killed more, but was stopped by a customer. The community of Antioch under siege. As a desperate search unfolded today for a killer. He clearly came armed with a lot of firepower intending to devastate the South Nashville area. 
Police say 29-year-old Travis Ranking went on the run early this morning after a mass shooting at an Antioch, Tennessee Waffle House. New details now emerging about what happened overnight. There's a female at the location saying there's a male white who has no clothing on that's shooting at the location. In all, six people shot, four killed, several others injured in the chaos. I was very scared. I thought he was going to come around my car after me. The suspected gunman is no stranger to law enforcement. The Secret Service arrested Travis Ranking last year after trespassing an exterior security barrier at the White House. But investigators say this morning's shooting could have been much worse. Nashville's newest hero, James Shaw Jr. If not for 29-year-old James Shaw, he confronted the shooter and grabbed his rifle. We were scuffling and uh, I managed to get him with one hand on the gun and then I grabbed it from him and I threw it over the countertop. A bullet grazed him in the arm. Mr. Shaw saving obviously many lives in his heroic action. But James said his actions just came naturally. I really want to live. I have a four-year-old daughter, um, so <laughs> that, that came to mind. Seventeen people drowned in China after two dragon boats capsized while they were practicing for an upcoming race. Footage showing one of the boats packed with paddlers overturning on a stretch of river where two flows of the river converge, creating a powerful current. Fifty-seven people reportedly went overboard. About 200 rescuers worked through the night to recover them. Most of those who went into the water were reportedly not wearing life jackets. All right, a rock slide on the Trans-Canada Highway between Revelstoke and Kelowna on Wednesday was a harrowing experience for an Okanagan driver. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan now reports on the scare and the damage done. Oh, yeah, it was a big bang. Roger McDonald was driving from Revelstoke to Kelowna when a boulder crashed onto the highway, exploding into pieces. Came right here, split, went in front of the van or underneath it, and hit here. But he couldn't stop, it wasn't safe. So McDonald kept driving and watched as the truck behind him swerved to avoid an accident. Like I didn't even know I was hit till I stopped. It was so noisy, running over the rocks and tearing out the bottom of the van. This is broke here. This is broke. When McDonald could finally pull over, he was shocked by the damage. So the rocks splattered all across the front, tore the whole bottom end of the van out. The oil filter, transmission, the gas tank, everything. And uh, so it was spraying oil all over, so I just limped into Sycamuse. As for the big boulder that blocked the highway near Three Valley Gap west of Revelstoke, McDonald says it came crashing down just after he passed the scene. But the close call hit home. That would have just crushed the whole van because it landed right, right where the van was. I was lucky. I was lucky. If that had hit the van, I'd be finished. The van still suffered extensive damage. But it's going to the mechanic tomorrow. And McDonald is simply thankful the rock didn't hit a split second sooner. Because it bounced off the ground, it would have hit the window, went right through. I would have been in trouble. Jules Knox, Global News, West Kelowna. Crazy stuff. All right, uh, we will check in with Yvonne now. She's at the Vancouver Greek Food Festival at uh, the Hellenic Community Centre in Vancouver. And um, have you tasted anything yet there, Yvonne? Uh, 
Yes, I have. I'm tasting some of the souflaki. I wish we had smell vision for everyone at home. George, thanks so much for having us. Happy name day to Thank you. you very much. Uh, tell us a little bit about the event's been changed. It used to be in the fall, and now we've pushed it forward to April. Absolutely. So the committee decided to make sure that we honored the Feast of St. George, which our church is named after, and 50% of the Greeks in the world are also named George. So we wanted to make sure our festival matched the feast day of St. George, which is April 23rd. All right. People can still come on down this evening and tomorrow as well. We have lots of food, lots of souflaki, lots of amazing volunteers. This committee is filled with over thousands of volunteers. Anybody in April, anybody working is all volunteers. So we appreciate all of your help, all of your support. Please come down and help us as well. Thank you so much. Happy name day. The skewers. This is another George beside me. Absolutely. It's a George sandwich. You're surrounded. Exactly. All right. You guys get to work. I'm going to get to the forecast. Let's take a look at our tower cam. It's been beautiful, stunning today. We've had a fair bit of sunshine and temperatures are on the rise. That'll be the big weather story that we're following, especially leading in towards next week. A look at our current temperatures as we sit at 13 degrees, a northwesterly wind at 20 kilometers per hour. That's our high today. Average for this time of the year sits closer to 14 and a record of 20 degrees was set back in 1982. 17 is the high for areas near Soyuz today. Williams Lake at 9. Victoria climbed up to 14 degrees. Current temperatures for Tofino at 12. Prince George at 10. And Prince Rupert at 7. The one area across the province where we are tracking more cloud cover is for the north coast. Cloud cover tomorrow and a chance of showers developing on Tuesday. But much of the province, especially the central and southern half, this ridge of high pressure is going to build in and very strong. It's a massive ridge. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday should be the peak of temperatures. Interior sections could see highs into the mid and upper 20s. A temperature trend, as we can see for Kelowna, Thursday, Friday, those are the warmest days for you. The concern, of course, will be flooding with the uh, snowpack melting for your region and in towards the interior, so do stay tuned. The piece up to 16 degrees tomorrow with a few clouds in the mix. You're above your average for this time of the year at 13. Whitehorse overnight and for the early morning hours we could see a few showers or flurries it'll be for the morning and then much drier once again as the afternoon kicks in coastal sections underneath cloud cover isolated showers on tuesday clearing late in the day caribou and central interior will be up to 13 degrees and plenty of sunshine will be on your wednesday columbia and kootenai region chilly overnight for many of the interior spots we have clear skies so there is the risk of frost and then rebounding up to 13 with sunshine tomorrow Thompson Okanagan will be up to 18 degrees. Most spots near Whistler tomorrow seeing a range between 15. Pemberton will be closer to 19 degrees, up to 21 degrees on your Wednesday. A touch cooler if you're by the water will be at 16 with plenty of sunshine. Five-day forecast, it's looking fantastic. We are going to see those temperatures ranging or a touch cooler if you're by the water. 16 degrees, it's Wednesday, Thursday that we're keeping a close eye where inland sections could see those highs closer to 24 potentially up to 25 degrees. It'll moderate once again on our Friday, but this is the week that we need to get on out and enjoy the sunshine. Once again, we're down here at the Greek Food Festival. You can come down till 10 o'clock, George. What are we, what, what uh, souvlaki do we have? Here? We've got a whole tray full of pork, a couple more buckets full of pork. We've got chicken. We've got any possible food you want that's Greek. Come on down. <laughs> All right. If you're hungry, come on down. You can still join us here until 10 p.m. this evening and until 2 p.m. tomorrow. Sonia, you're making me so hungry. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Cheers for that. Look how good this looks. I know. It looks amazing. Look at that. It's always fun. It's all yours. We'll get there because we're working right now. Thank you. We'll come back to you a bit later. Global BC and Haida Tourism are giving you the chance to win an amazing Ocean House Lodge getaway. Today's code word is adventure. Enter at globalnews.ca.
All right, we'll be checking in with Yvonne a bit later. Mm -hmm. Got your sports in. I think uh, she's really caught on to this uh, Greek festival. She seems very. She's surrounded by Georges. (laughs) That's right. Well, it's a very popular name (laughs) for the Greeks. All right, let's talk a little sport here. All right. Uh, on a day when Brock Besser was named as one of the uh, finalists for NHL Rookie of the Year, we interrupt the Stanley Cup playoffs to bring you even more encouraging news for Canucks fans. Elias Pettersson has been getting rave reviews all year for his work in the Swedish Elite League, and the kid just keeps uh, raising the bar. Today, Pettersson scored two more highlight reel goals, leading his club to the Swedish Championship, and we've got video evidence. 19-year-old has been the most dynamic player in the uh, Swedish Elite League all season, led the league in scoring. Two more goals today in the final of the uh, championship series, and they were both world-class. He's got flair and finish, a combination sorely lacking in Canuckland over the years. Pedersen, 10 points in his team's four-game sweep, and a leading point-getter in the postseason, racked up 19 points in 13 playoff games ends the season with most points by a player under the age of 20. Same for most playoff points. He won the MVP. He should be off to the Worlds now to represent Sweden in Denmark in May, and hopefully he'll be at Canuck training camp next fall here in Vancouver. All right, Hamblerger, legend, has moved on to Denver. White Rock's Andrew Hammond getting the start in Game 6 after a season-rescuing 44-save effort in Game 5 Friday in Nashville. But not the best start tonight. First period, Matthias Ekholm with the blast makes it one nothing uh, Nashville. Three minutes later, Colton Sissons walks around Hammond, hits the post, but a wide-open net for Austin uh, Watson. 2 nothing Nashville after one. Second period, long two-on-one. Philip Forsberg just squeezes one through Hammond. Not the performance the Hamburglar was hoping for. 3 nothing, and then later in the second, Nick Bonino also squeezes one through. This performance more grimace than Hamburglar, unfortunately. Right now, 5-0 Nashville in the third. The Preds are on their way to the second round where they will meet the Jets. Flyers and Penguins, game six from Philly. Flyers need to win to force a game seven. First period, Sidney Crosby off the faceoff will hammer in the rebound. That's his sixth of the series. Leads all scorers in the NHL playoffs. 2-2 after one in a high-scoring game. Sean Couturier, who we learned has an MCL sprain, played on it and scored a hat-trick today for the Flyers. Great goal there. Philly went up 4-2, but as we know, the Flyers have trouble keeping the puck out of their net, especially against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Jake Gensel, deflection there, gets through Michael Neuvert, 4-4 after two. Opening minute of the third, giveaway by the Flyers. Phil Kessel, fake and bake, and sends it over to Gensel for his second 5-4, 5-4, Flyers playing some loose defense, and they were certainly paid by Pittsburgh. Couturio brought down there, no penalty call on the play. Gensel fires his hat-trick goal, and then he's not done yet. Ten seconds later, Gensel going to the net. That's four, his sixth of the playoffs, and the defending champs are moving on. 8-5 the final. They take it in six games. They will get the winner of Columbus-Washington in the second round. All right, basketball now. The Toronto Raptors are looking for some respect. Even as the top seed in the East, a few NBA experts said they wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors lost their opening round series to Washington. Toronto got off to a good start in the series, won the first two at home, but the Wizards 
blew them out in Game 3. How would the Raps respond in today's pivotal Game 4, also in Washington? Let's find out. Raps have had trouble with their offense on the road in playoffs in recent seasons, averaging more than 10 less than they do at home. But a bright start. Serge Ibaka with the jam. 30-22 Raptors after one. DeMar DeRozan... Great drive to the hoop here as the Raptors had a 51-40 lead at the half. That is more like it. Third quarter, lead down to two, but more from DeRozan, who drives and gets the basket and the foul. He led the way with 35, although just 10 of 29 from the field. Wizards hung tough, dying moments of the third. Mike Scott gets the off-balance jumper to go. He didn't mean to do that, but it went in. 80 all after three. Fourth quarter, Raps come out strong. Kyle Lowry with the drive. They were up by eight, but too many turnovers, and the Wizards made them pay. Marcin Gortat with the jam ties it up 92-92. Even though Wizards star Bradley Beal filed out with four minutes to go, their other star, John Wall, picked up the slack. Driving layup gave the Wizards a three-point lead, and then Wall will seal it with this pull-up jumper. He had 27 as the Raptors fall 106-98. The series now tied 2-2, heading back to the ACC for Game 5 Wednesday night. Warriors and Spurs, San Antonio without head coach Greg Popovich, whose wife passed away a few days ago. Spurs down 3-0 in the series, but they led late in Game 4. Kevin Durant, though, cuts the lead to 5. He had a game-high 34. The wily old veteran, 40-year-old Manu Ginobili, can still get the job done. 16 points off the bench, hits the huge three-pointer. LaMarcus Aldridge led the way for San Antonio, and the Spurs take it 103-90, so they stave off elimination. Warriors still lead the series 3-1. Meanwhile, Celtics and Bucks from Milwaukee. Boston up 2-1 in the series, late fourth, tied at 102. It's the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they are going wild in Milwaukee, 104-102. Celtics, though, had a chance to tie it. Marcus Morris to send it to OT, off the iron and out, and the Bucks win it, so they've tied the series at two apiece as well. Hard to win on the road in the NBA playoffs. Still to come, the Blue Jays look for a split of their four-game series in the Bronx, and Manchester City gets to celebrate its Premier League championship with its home fans today at the Etihad. Highlights when we come back. We've been making kids smile since 1945, and changing our name isn't going to change that. CKNW Orphans Fund is now CKNW Kids Fund, dedicated to enhancing the health and welfare of children in B.C. Welcome back. The Blue Jays have taken a different approach in 2018, and so far, so good. Gone are the slow-aging sluggers like Jose Bautista, replaced by younger, faster players who strike out less and create offense in all sorts of ways. Toronto's jumped out of the gate 13-7 and in their first 20 games, and optimism is high. Jays completing their four-game series at Yankee Stadium today. Jaime Garcia with the start on the mound. But in the first, Didi Gregorius. Solo shot to the short porch and right. 1-0 Yankees. The sixth now. Blue Jays down 3-0, but rookie Teoscar Hernandez with the solo blast to left. His third of the year cuts the lead to 3-1. But New York puts it away. Miguel Andujar had a four-hit day, including this RBI double. Yanks win 5-1, take three of four from the Blue Jays. Toronto starts a series against the Red Sox at home on Tuesday. By the way, Tyler O'Neill of Maple Ridge, first MLB RBI today with the Cardinals with a sack fly. All right, soccer now. FA Cup semifinals from Wembley. Chelsea and Southampton. Opening goal 
comes early in the second half. Olivier Giroud, incredible poise to dribble that ball in tight quarters and then push it in to give Chelsea the lead 1-0. 82nd minute. Chelsea's going to put this one to bed. And it's Alvaro Morata getting his head on this one and nodding it in. 2-0 the final. So Chelsea will meet Manchester United in the FA Cup final May 19th. Wembley Stadium in London. Kevin De Bruyne and Manchester City, the 2018 Premier League champs, first time playing at home since they clinched their third title in seven seasons, and they celebrated by doing what they do best, fill the net. David Silva scores there from Raheem Sterling, and then some beautiful ball movement here. Sterling to Silva for the finish to make it 2-0. And De Bruyne from 25 meters out, a screamer as City routes Swansea. Uh, 29 or for their 29th win of the season, 5 0 the final. They have 90 points on the year. City with a real chance of getting 100 or more points this season as they celebrate the championship with their supporters. MLS today, Seattle Sounders hosting Minnesota. Sounders just one draw and three losses in their first four matches. Worst record in the MLS, but they look more like the Western champs today. Gustav Svensson with a cracker from 30 yards out, 1 0 Seattle. And just a couple of minutes later, Sounders feeling good about things, and they'll score another as Will Bruin finds net. 3-1 the final as they get their first win. Portland also won today at home over NYCFC 3-0. And the final round of the Valero Texas Open from San Antonio. Andrew Landry, co-leader after the third round, and he gets his fifth birdie of the day at the 10th hole. Just kind of steered it in from there on 18. This is for par and a two-shot victory. First ever PGA Tour win for the 30-year-old. David Hearn, the top Canadian, tied for 16th. There you go. That's sports. Brilliant. All right, we've got Earth Day, plenty of sunshine, and Yvonne at the Greek Festival all coming up next. More souvlaki. Yeah. <laughs> around your province, around your country, and around your world, Around the clock, we've got it covered. BC One, your 24-hour news channel. I wear jeans every day. But on Jeans Day, I wear two pairs. Jeans Day is May 3rd. Buy a button, jean up, and support BC Kids. All right, it is Earth Day today, so I want to tell you about a new source of power uh, that is being fished off the coast of Florida. Uh, what is unusual about this is that it's coming from the huge amount of trash that ends up in the ocean. And Thompson of NBC News brings us the story. Off the Florida Keys, fishermen are hauling in a different kind of catch. Hooking hundreds of damaged lobster traps hidden underwater. Debris from last year's Hurricane Irma. From the bridge of his lobster boat, Jeff Kramer tallies the cost. I lost about 1,300 traps out of my 3,400 traps. So you lost more than a third? Yes. More than 300,000 traps gone. Losses for creatures above and below. And it's not just lobster traps. 640,000 tons of fishing gear is abandoned each year around the world. What kind of danger does debris like this pose to the marine life? Uh, well, one, it uh, smothers healthy habitat. When storms come and high winds, this stuff moves around and it actually bumps up to coral reef tracks, which are endangered around here. Now the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation teams with NOAA and local fishermen 
to catch some of that gear and turn it into energy. At no cost, the ocean trash is taken to a Covanta plant where the recyclables are separated and then the rest mixed with these mountains of trash and burned to power 45,000 Miami homes. How do you compare to more traditional power fuels such as coal, oil, and natural gas? Well, we're cleaner than coal, we're cleaner than oil, and we're, we're really on a par for sulfur compounds, nitrogen compounds, uh, CO2, and for particulates with natural gas. A process so successful that it happens in 10 states on both coasts, powering our world by cleaning up theirs. Ann Thompson, NBC News, the Florida Keys. Pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Now, spring, of course, officially started about a month ago. Today, it has actually felt like it. How does this sunny weather feel after all the rain and gloom of the past couple of weeks? It feels pretty good for some of us, but others are bundles and blankets here. <laughs> oh, fabulous, isn't it? The barbecues have been going, lawn chairs set up, outdoor sports in full swing as well, even though they don't look like they're doing anything. Um, Vancouver is wasting no time in hitting local beaches and parks to soak up the sun. And a lot of people uh, we've been talking to have been telling us that they felt like they've been stuck in a never-ending cycle of showers and cloudy skies for months. So today, uh, making them very, very happy. Right? That's Some what pretty you good do. balance, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you have to be a special person to be able to walk that one. You could do that with your eyes closed, yeah. right? And uh, Yvonne, of course, let's go back to her. She's at the Hellenic Community Centre for the Greek Food Festival, which is going on till uh, this evening. Yeah, and I'm kicking. I'm continuing to cook the souflaki with George here. The lineup hasn't stopped. If you still want the opportunity to come on down, there's still the chance to, George. Yep, we're open till 10 tonight, and I think we're uh, 10 till 2 tomorrow. If you want to come on down, we'll have lots of food waiting for you. Excellent. It smells great. There's lots to be, to be eaten. Um, the fantastic forecast. Here's a, the final look at your five-day, where we've got temperatures on the rise, especially for Wednesday and Thursday, potentially up to 24 and 25 degrees. That'll be for inland sections. So a good-looking forecast, good-looking food down here, lots going on, and enjoy the warm weather that's ahead of us. Guys? Yeah, yeah you did not. Good-looking weather forecast. Caster, good-looking Greek guys. A lot of Georges. You know, lots of lots of good-looking Georges. <laughs> lots of Thank good you night. very much for watching. Good night. <laughs>